Welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal, Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And this week, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 7, Home Part 2. This is the map to Earth. Maybe. So is Earth in one of these constellations. We're standing on it. We're standing on Earth. The scriptures say that when the 13th tribe landed on Earth, they looked up into the heavens and they saw their 12 brothers. Earth is the place where you can look up in the sky and see the constellations of the 12 colonies. All right, Mr. Anderson, it's time for home part two. We're concluding a pretty epic two parts episode arc that I was very interested in uh, watching again. Um, This has one of the most goosebump-inducing moments in the show, uh, in this season anyway, as far as I was concerned. I love this uh, particular episode. I like the home home two-part arc. I think it's great television writing and just good stuff. And I'm looking forward to uh, to chatting with you. So why don't we do what we always do, Mr. Anderson? Let's dive into the motherfucking in- impressions of the episode. Ooh. These first impressions, those initial reactions. Um, first of all, we just covered this. We just we're doing back to back weeks for BSG, so we can um, polish off this two parter quickly. Uh, how quickly right. after we recorded episode one did you end up watching this, or did you not get a chance to? I did not get a chance to, so I I watched it today right before this, right uh, right before we started recording. So I am very fresh. My take is still hot right out the oven. So yeah, yeah, I had to hold off a little bit, but it was worth it. The anticipation. What do you got? Oh man, for one, so one thing I really enjoyed about just like the whole flow of this episode is the the arcs of Sharon. And the arcs of Gaius, both being, for the viewer and for themselves, really, so wildly unsure of what to think or how to feel about their situation anymore. Like, it just all gets tossed back up in the air, and you're like, well, fuck, I don't know if you can trust Sharon. Maybe she is still a Cylon fucking agent. Maybe Gaius is actually just fucking crazy. What the hell? And then also this really nice balance of Adama and everybody else, Rosalind, Kara, Lee, having such a like directed pointed sense of like focus and and coming together and making things right again like they're also like sure of themselves and Gaius is having like a fucking midlife crisis <laughs> like freaking <laughs> out and and for the viewer we're watching Sharon being like I I, th- I was starting to like her and now I don't trust her again and oh what the fuck is she on about oh god ah it was such a nice balance a tipsy turvy fucking never know what's happening i loved it great episode and also we're on earth we're back yeah, that's so wild. That moment crazy. in the cave is so wild. That, that is, is so the crazy. most badass, awe-inspiring moment. What What were you thinking when they brought up when they brought in the constellations and their original names? And what What I mean, what oh, was man. going through your mind? I well, for for one, the second you know it goes dark, and then we kind of get some light again. And realize they're standing in a grassy field. I thought 
my first, like literally in the first seconds of it thought was like, is this like a, is this like a hollow room, <laughs> like a holodeck, like Star Trek? Like, is that what it's doing? I is think it, it is to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, I think it is. I don't think they actually are teleported anywhere. See that? Okay. That's what I couldn't quite figure out. I think out. it's a hologram showing them the way to earth. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah, the, at first they were talking about a map and like, now we have the map to it. And I was like, but wait, you said you're on it. Like, did it fucking send you there? Like I got a little confused at that, but I was also like wowed at the idea of this fucking cave turning into a, just a hollow deck. Yep. Pretty. So it's, it's just, it's cool because you have this neat hidden tech situation here, but yeah, cause now their journey is to go find this place based on the landmarks and the earth and the, in the map that they have. Exactly. So thus begins their journey. That was just a sneak peek, but you know, we're, we're really Love not it. burying the lead here, but, and I'm and we might as well just spoil it since we're talking about it and then we'll work our way back through. But that moment with Starbuck in the cave is so badass. It's oh, yeah. so amazing when she just says, we're standing on it. We're on like it. her emotional acting here. The, this is the goosebump moment for me. We're standing oh, on yeah. it. She's overwhelmed. Uh, I love that. That feeling is so incredible because not only is Earth considered a myth, but imagine uh, such a myth being confirmed in our lives. Oh yeah, uh, in that Absolutely. in that moment, and it doesn't really confirm anything. There's no evidence, but it's pretty overwhelming in terms it's of pretty, yeah. <laughs> what is possible when you're standing there and everything changes in that moment. The scriptures say when they're traveling on earth, they looked up to the heavens and saw their 12 brothers. I mean, they're, they're literally experiencing things written in scripture. Exactly. I mean, that's pretty awe-inspiring any way you cut it. Any way you cut it. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. Um, I think about that, you know, I think about how overwhelming would it be just to stand amidst the pyramid of, uh, of uh, the Egyptian pyramids. Right. Like, right. Imagine standing among that and going into it and what that would be like, just thinking of how ancient it is and, and by some accounts, maybe older than we originally thought. I mean, that's pretty impressive. It, it, it's well, yeah. in that, that's like this, this is like that, like times five. Right. You know, it's such this an amazing thing. Ancient, Your yeah. civilization, you know, earth, which is another funny thing about this is that earth is in the scriptures, Remember, Bill just kind of said it one day, Earth, I've seen it, remember? And now it's like the trajectory for their whole thing. And they just get this big piece of the puzzle, which lines up with all the scripture stuff. So it has to have you start wondering about this show. I mean, you must have so many thoughts going through your head. Oh, man. I... I It's so much. This show, for one, like I, I know I've talked about it before. I'm so excited by all the ideas and then like my mind goes to spinning but then i also go into that that mode of like oh, but who can you what can you trust what can you trust how much is a cylon lie <laughs> it's turning me into a tin hatter i fucking swear to god right <laughs> but i am but no like i am that's what i was talking about at the top like just so happy like this is this is the other strong feat of this show is to give me characters that i care enough about to just be happy to see together in the same space sure like, like adama's reveal of when he shows up on cobalt sure uh that is just there's so many good things like scene. that so many good things let's dude. dive ah. in yeah i call this the cobalt montage man 
Dude, I love this montage. It's great. We see Adama, Gaeta, and Ty trying to work out the possible location of Rosalind's expedition, right? We see Rosalind and company moving through the forest and through the ravine. The conditions are bad. Rain. I like the opening shot of the green. There's not a lot of green in this show. And when you get these, like, of growing things, earthen green things, Matthew. I'm talking about stuff druids like. (laughs) You don't (laughs) get a lot of that. You get that here, and it's it's just cool, like, to see them in the woods going on this pilgrimage, as it were. And honestly, man, what's funny about this, it, midway through the episode, it took me halfway through to realize, oh, wait, yeah, this is this is the planet that, like, Chief and all of them were stranded on, and they lost, you know, um, Crashdown and everything. It looks different in this episode. Like, the, even I swear, even just the cinematography of them on the planet is, like, better and more just, like, lush. Like, it, yep. it looks different. Like, it made me forget that it, it was the same planet. Um, it wasn't until Chief was talking about how they were like, well, we didn't go too far, but we mapped some of these, you know, you know, ridge lines. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's right. He was right. on Cobol. Right. It looks different here. It looks more like they really. I don't know how they shot it differently, or just maybe the location scouting was different. But like this feels like a bigger, more like epic religious fucking pilgrimage. Like it's, it's awesome. I think it is just in the cinematography as it goes. I think in the way they shoot it, the way they film it. Um, I think their choice of angle, their choice of editing the shots the way they do and matching them together um, and, and just all of that. And, and the story we know, I think, all plays into this bigger-than-life thing. But at the same time, keeping right. it – it's just – they do a good job of making you feel like you're watching, you know, Jesus carrying his cross, those steps. Like it's – there's something mythical about this whole piece. Totally. It's, it's it. great. Um, and I like the, I like that stylistically that appeals to me greatly. This idea oh, yeah. of science fiction, military science fiction, let's call it what it is, against this backdrop of mysticism, religion, and spirituality. Um, I like this. I like seeing these things mesh together um, because I think it adds an interesting element to the television show. Um, on top of it, you have a Cylon in Sharon kind of integrating into the fleet again or, or not in this, this other bizarre pregnancy thing and this God talk from six and, and six saying, I'm here to protect you unto the extinction of your race. I mean, that's a massive way to close out that portion of the episode. I mean, there's a lot going on here and it feels big. It feels grand. Um, and I like that because you're dealing with a show that is grounded in the realistic relationships and reactions between people. Uh, sometimes when you get into these big ideas, you really start dealing in a lot more symbolism and a lot more metaphorical Christopher Nolan kind of stuff. And this manages to stay grounded, but also at the same time, hits you with a bit of a spell to where you feel like you're you're also experiencing this religious thing that they are as well, which it makes it just so cool. I love it. It's great. I love it, man. Well, I totally agree. Like that's what elevates it. Ty and Gay to find the scripture stuff pretty funny, right? Adama doesn't share their humor. <laughs> he says the point she believes in them and so do her people. And we go back to Lee who says we gotta get out of this ravine on account of flash flood warnings. I like seeing that bit of uh, survival. He's got a survival skill on his character sheet. He made his check. 
<laughs> it cool. It's cool. It just adds a layer of professionalism to him. I like that. Um, the president is is struggling. Uh, Adama wants to jump into the upper atmosphere. Uh, he's suggesting taking a raptor, not the entire Galactica. He quotes the price of right. blood, peace, and uh, he says, we are only taking people who are absolutely necessary. So what we're seeing in this montage is we're seeing the president's expedition moving towards what they need to find, which is the tomb of Athena, the entrance to this tomb, this mythical tomb that scriptures talk about. And at the same time, yeah. we see, especially based on how home part one ended, Adama wanting the intel on Kobo because he wants to get the band back together. He's tired of the shit. And what he, what, he, what he doesn't want to do is he doesn't want to put the Galactic in a Cylon trap. So he's being cagey, and he says, I'm going to bring a Raptor and some essential personnel, and it's going to be me. We're coming back together one way or the other, in body bags or, or whatever. Yeah. I have a relationship with her. It makes sense that I go. I don't want to hear any bullshit. This is what's going to happen. We're going to pop a Raider in into the upper atmosphere, hang her over the magnetic poles like Gohan Solo used to do, and mask the ship's signature and try to hide. If there oh. is Cylons, we don't want to be detected. There you go. Right? There you go. Great Because I love at this point, I mean, it's a... You could look at it from one way of thinking that Adama's being, again, a little, ooh, like a little reckless or like a little brash about like, oh, I'm, I'm, I myself, the, the commander, I'm going to go in and that's a little bit of a risky mission. But I, I see it the opposite of, of him being like, I refuse to risk any more lives yep. than we need. And I'm going to take responsibility for this. And him going down there is not to just, and now I believe in everything that Rosalind says. Correct. And I'm going to help her. It's no, I'm going to help her so that we can also unite and get everybody back on board and, and you know, fucking under one purpose again. Indeed. I like your style. Meyer is itching to murder Lee. He has a plan. God, he's, he is so itchy. Like, I love how even Zarek is like, Jesus, dude, chill. Yeah, like, Zarek. I really one of my one of the most understated things about this episode arc is Tom Zarek, I think, and that is seeing why you know why Tom is the way he is, right? We we need to see that. We need to see why why would we ever give a shit about Tom Zarek? Why would it ever matter about Tom Zarek? We need to know how is he so formidable? He can't just be a bloodthirsty idiot. And I like seeing the differences between him and Meyer. I like seeing Meyer's, ooh, I want to get at this. I want to do this thing. And, and then counterpointed with Zarek's more measured response. He's more wizened. Yes, he's sketchy. He has sketchy ideas. He has a sketchy approach. He's, he's thinking about it a certain way. But then he's also like, look, we're not going to just ice. This is not the time or place. He can... He has a good sense for this thing, and Meyer wants to just rush it. But yeah. one of the things I like about it is that we see – it's easy to just expect, oh, our boy Zarek's going to be that way too. But that's why I think this show treats him well, respectfully. We know he's kind of a son of a bitch, but we also see that he's measured. He's right. not just going to do dumb things because if he does just dumb radical things all the time, then there's no way he's ever going to – command the respect of the guys he had in prison. There's no way he's going to, you know, write books and be this guy who accomplishes these great things. If he was just a, a hothead with a murder boner and he's thinking, oh, we're just going to kill Lee. And then somehow we're going to get asked instead of all the other qualified people <laughs> to be the general of like whatever he thought in the other episode. So I like that we see the measured 
response from Zarek. I like that we see he isn't in a position to just run it with Meyer and he, and he shuts him down and, and it's cool. I just like that dynamic a lot. I think it really works out in this, in this episode and it's respectful of a character that you don't have to like or agree with, but will be treated like a actual person that is competent, that can accomplish things, even if they're terrible things that we don't agree with. Right. No, I agree. I, and I, I think it was even Meyer who actually proposed. And because I remember in the last episode, it was like he was pointing out a, a blind spot for Zarek. He was saying, well, Lee's in the way. We got to do something about him. And Lee was like, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Zarek was like, oh, yeah, we do have to do something about him. And it was kind of Meyer's aggressive idea of getting rid of Lee. Whereas I think mm-hmm. Zarek strikes me as the kind of guy who, if he can find a way around something versus, you know, destroying it, he probably would. And he's kind of going along with Myers here. And you can just see, you can see the difference in their, their character, their stability with Meyer being so overly gung ho about this. Whereas Zarek, you could almost this entire episode, you can see Zarek coming down from it and being like, this is not the time. I don't think this is going to work out. We should back off of this. Right. hundred percent. It's smart and I like it. And it, it makes sense. You're surrounded, but you're in a really poor position here. Totally, dude. You're right. That's why, like, I love the first scene where you know where, where it's brought back up in this episode is when they're coming up the hill in the rain. You know, they're all got their slickers on and everything. And and Meyer at one point is like, "Oh, how much longer are we gonna wait, Tom?" And I'm like, "What are you gonna do? Shoot him in the back in front of everybody? Like, what do you mean wait? Like, you yeah. gotta be fucking. If you're gonna plan an assass a Machiavellian assassination to like take over this guy's position, you can't just shoot him in front of everybody. Like, right? What would you do, man? Right? They wanted him to. They wanted, you know, it's like he wants to, he just wants to get it over with. He's nervous. He's he's not a professional assassin. Hell no. Right? So opening credits to come back to Cobalt. Sharon points out the gates of Hera. Um, they're looking with some field glasses. Um, she at least thinks that's what it is. She also explains that they don't worship false idols. So they get into a bit of a religious discussion here, which I really like. She notes that they, Cylons and brackets, know more about human religion than the humans do. She also knows that mm-hmm. Athena's tomb is likely up there and that the president wants to press on until nightfall. So I like this. I like the uh, we know more about your religion than you do angle. I like, you know, this goes back to something you said on the last podcast, which was she's not pretending to be a human even a little bit. No. She has fully embraced her Cylon heritage. but Her uh, Cylon roots. Taking back her Cylon name. Yeah, she's taking back her Cylon name. Uh, <laughs> it ain't Toby. And, uh, you know, she's gonna, she's just saying, look, I am, I am what I, I am what I am. That's all that I am. (laughs) Um, for some reason, spinach makes him strong. Fucking dumb show. But, um, but I guess. That was Dean's first podcast when he was five. (laughs) But, (laughs) dumb show. But I guess, um, but on the other side of that coin, she's also not saying she's wholly different with wildly different goals and that's what is interesting about sharon's reintroduction to the fleet and to these main characters yeah yeah i like it and like she's obviously useful they can't deny what you know the knowledge she has is is helpful in the circumstances correct yep but um we cut to gaius gaius Gaius, dude, this scene, I, the, scene. the whole time, it's a great scene, but the whole time he was getting more sassy with her. I was like, dude, haven't you learned your lesson barking up this tree? I know. I'm like, 
Really, man? Don't you know she has, like, God powers over you? She's in your brain somehow. You don't even know how that works. Mm. She's already fucked up your life so much. Yeah. I know, I could, but I love him still hitting breaking points where he's just like, how how much can one person deal with this? Right, right. And uh, so he's looking over on the jail that he that was constructed, of course, for Sharon. He's thankful she's never got to see it, which is interesting because right. she's going to the other Sharon. That's true. I do uh, like how he he almost is thankful of that fact because he just to him this is pure barbarism. Right. Six is there, of course, spread eagle, sitting on a chair backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Just nakedly teasing him again. Yep. And uh, in terrible shape, by the way. She she should probably consider a workout regime. Just so wretched, yeah. You decided to brighten up the place a little, did you, he says. (laughs) (laughs) Love him. Ah, he's so good. Our child will be born here in this room, she tells him. And this is where Gaius gets back to vintage Gaius. He's had enough of the mythical baby talk. He's, he's... You know how ridiculous you sound. It's great. It's great. <laughs> and then, dude, him running down the pile. Oh, what is it this time? Oh, uh, the ship's going to explode. Oh, wait, no, we've already done that one. Uh, uh, I'm going to explode. <laughs> Just fucking <laughs> running down right. the list of all the world-ending terrors that she can bring out. I'm the father of a baby that we born to me um, from some fantasy woman. <laughs> Six, of course, corrects him and says that she never said that she would bear the child. And then Gaius wonders, could it be Starbuck? And that's where you're saying he's pushing at her. Because we know oh, he fucked yeah. Starbuck. Exactly. And she is very tender about that. She's like, you're getting into dangerous territory. <laughs> you better watch it. She's so formidable and confident and oh. terrifying at the same time. <laughs> She's such a good casting for this role. It's just perfect. (laughs) She looks like she could stand up with that line like a fucking female mantis and just slice his head off. Yeah. I have every confidence in the world she could just whip out a katana blade and chop him in half at any minute. (laughs) Seriously. If if he angered her. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Geist makes jokes about the ship himself blowing up, as you pointed out. He laughs. She laughs maniac- maniacally and just says, I can't do this. You win. Wake up and Not smell that, the psychosis. But turns into this like super suburban mom look a that we've never Star ever Bucky? seen Almost on her Starbucky, you'd say? Dude, no, the first moment when it cuts to her laughing and she's in other clothes, I thought it was literally Starbucks sitting in the chair right. that he had been talking to her. And he was going to have this horrible realization that he thought he was talking to Six and he was talking to Starbucks. Right. That like it was fucking with his head there. And I was like, oh my God, it's Starbucks. But then I was like, oh wait, no, it's just mom Six. <laughs> Six mom. Right. Dude, this is such an interesting choice to make her like she becomes this like plain, normal looking woman, not seductive at all, and then starts toying with him. With the Super idea. plain looking. <laughs> I mean, fucking great looking, but still like <laughs> compared to her normal fucking no, no, I, red I know. I'm dress just, fucking I'm just, seductress. I'm just <laughs> careful, no, careful. Like, don't say too much about it. You don't want to be a creep like that reviewer said. Oh, you don't right. want to acknowledge uh, her beauty. That'd be too weird, buddy. So, how lickable her legs are. <laughs> Just start going uber creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the cups of her knees could hold. Uh, so the other day when I was having a moment by myself, I was touching myself and I was thinking. Just get real creepy with it. <laughs> Fucking changes <laughs> I, to a one star. Yes. I was, I was thumbing it around. And, uh, but uh, no, continue your line. I know what you're saying. Yeah, they're, like it's right. a... It's a 
it's a plain Jane clothing sort of thing that they're going for. Right, right. and it's completely intentional. It's like everything she does is so designed, and she turns into this whole look, which we've never seen her before. Like, it's jarring. Like I said, we we each thought she was Starbucks for a second, and and then she starts talking about, do you really not realize it's just psychosis? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not here. There's no chip in your what brain. What a bomb to drop on him. Dude, like, it crushes him. What <laughs> were you thinking in this him. moment? I, for one, I was immediately like, I feel like she's just fucking with him. I feel like she's mad at him and just toying with him again because i'm like and he kind of alludes to like well no 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 he's like you've you have affected things here in in the real world like Mm. it's not just something i'm seeing and that's that's what i kept holding on to of like dude we have seen we as the audience have been privy to see her Mm. as a copy of a cylon uh, other copies down on caprica we've seen the other copy of uh, of her board this ship when everybody else started seeing her uh, like there have been way too many confirmations at this point of her reality. So I'm like, wait a minute, no, no, no. She is fucking with him. She is still somehow some Cylon injected vision into him, but we just don't know how that connection works. Indeed. To be honest, dude, this scene of any so far, I know I had a little bit of a, a, a like dash last episode, but this one in particular made me really wonder about Gaius's Cylon potential. <laughs> I was like. Oh God, are you able, are they not able to see anything in your brain, no chips and, and there's no evidence of how she can connect to you because you're just able to connect to her as a Cylon? Like, is that what this is? Fucking, my head is spinning, man. Because she is definitely real in the sense that she is communicating with him. It is not a hallucination. I think she's just being, she is mad at him for, (laughs) dude, she's 100% just punishing him for bringing up Starbuck. Like, she's like, okay, fuck her. I'm just going to be mean to you for for a while. (laughs) The the chair shop, by the way, where she's nude and she's straddling the chair is uh, apparently an homage to the film Scandal from 1989. If you just look at the DVD cover, you know exactly what I'm talking about with uh, Joanne Wally there, which is based on the real life Profumo affair. A little British sex scandal in, in the in politics, so kind of interesting. Hey, that I guess the shot was inspired by that particular film. Interesting, pretty cool, right? I like it. But um, yeah, it's a great scene, and you in your instinct was exactly mine, which is man, she's just fucking with him. But so hard, he reacts in a way as holy shit, maybe not. Right. Well, because I think for him personally, this has been a suspicion he's thought about since the beginning of like, am I just fucking crazy? Sure. That's that's got to be a fear. Oh, yeah. If this is actually, if you're not experiencing this as the viewer, if you're actually the person experiencing this, your only knee-jerk thought would be, I'm losing my mind. Like, I'm hallucinating. Like that's ex- that's all you would think all the time, and of course, enough times have have has gone by at this point for Gaius to have seen the things like we were talking about. Have seen her affecting things in real life, right. which kind of confirms it. But for her to go real hard on him and be like, "Oh no, you're just crazy to mess with him," I could totally see him falling down that rabbit hole again. I'm like, "Shit, maybe I am crazy, God." And she makes pretty reasonable. She says pretty reasonable thing. I, I mean, maybe not. If bro, there's probably a psychologist going unreasonable, but. She sells him on it by saying, look, you committed genocide against your own people and your fragile little mind couldn't take it. So you splintered right. and here I am. And I'm, I'm the little voice in your head telling you that you're good and you're God's yes, chosen one. Yes, Oh, it's so, so good. good. Guy still doesn't believe, so uh, she tells him to go to sickbay and get checked out and he storms off. So clearly like, this oh. is uh, something he's exactly going to do. 
Right. And I love, I love that he is so in a frenzy right now. Like she's like, oh, if I'm, a, if I'm in your brain via a Cylon chip, why don't you go get your brain scan? Settle it sure. for once and all. And he doesn't even stop to think about how many questions that would open up if he got his brain scan. And there was a fucking chip. Right. Like, wait a minute. How'd that get in there? What's that? Where did you go? Where did, who did you talk to? Right. It's awesome. Like, uh, he doesn't even stop to think about it. He's so like just a fucking tiff. <laughs> Well, uh, we go to the Raptor One destination, Cobol. We see Tyrrell, Adama, Billy, and uh, I believe the pilot is Racetrack. Um, Chief Tyrrell is not much of a navigator, we learn. Uh, Racetrack kind of takes over. Cartographies for pansies. Yeah, something like that. Adama tells <laughs> Billy that Roslyn once thought of Billy as a suitable successor to her, which is pretty impressive for him to tell the young kid, boosting his confidence up a little bit. Seriously. Uh, Adama's so and- good at this stuff. Whenever he makes a decision to pump somebody's tires uh, it works swimmingly he is uh, a born leader that's why definitely reminded, I, I, reminded her of adar knocks him down a peg right yeah and adar was a moron <laughs> a little compliment <laughs> sandwich you have yes. smelly dog farts <laughs> uh, <laughs> they prep for intra atmo entry i guess they called it uh they buckle up we get some uh Little G four stuff happening as they break through the atmosphere. Very intense. No Cylons on the Dratus, and that's it. We know. We know. Papa's coming soon. Papa's on his way. <laughs> Papa, I'm coming. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> so awful. Oh, I know. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh. it's nightfall. Back, back on cold. It, it is night. It is time for the conspirators to talk. Everyone breaks up in their little camps, their little cliques. Their little campy wampies. Fucking Rosalind raiding her. Alone, her like a crazy alone. person. <laughs> like a crazy cat lady. <laughs> Poor Rosalind. Yeah. Fucking uh, Cylon love nest with Hilo. Yep, Starbuck and Lee, Meyer and Zarek, Hilo and Sharon. And uh, Lee's and crazy about Hilo and Sharon. Starbuck is much more forgiving. What'd you think of that? I I liked it because I like it reminding us how close Starbuck is to Hilo. Where like yep. she, I think she still has plenty of her own suspicions about uh, Sharon. But at the same time, she's like, Hilo's a good guy. I trust Hilo. Maybe he's not seeing things totally right right now, but I, I trust him to still do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I think she's like, she has more faith in his judgment. It seems like, yeah. Whereas, whereas for Lee and I don't blame him. Like all you see is like, that's the face of the person who I thought was a friend and was actually a Cylon and murdered my dad, <laughs> almost murdered my dad. Yeah. Like I it is very hard to just let's camp with her. <laughs> hey, let's bust out the fucking marshmallows to roast with her. Yeah, totally. Everything's fine. Yeah. I like it. Like, I, what, what do you, what do you think of, what do you think of, all of this. What do you think of the judgments here? What do you think of Hilo's approach or him as a character or, or him taking her side? Like what, what's your thoughts on all that stuff? Is, is Hilo, Hilo being wise Sharon? or unwise? Is, is Hilo, what's your take on Hilo and how he feels about Sharon amidst his friends? Oh man. Like it's complicated, again, right? It's, oh, it's definitely complicated. And I, I feel for Hilo again, like, like we were saying on the last episode, I was like, if any character has gotten more kicks to the nuts, <laughs> like I feel like Hilo mm. is, is high in the yeah, running no doubt. for, for most pitiable character on BSG. And it, finally his life has gotten a little better. He's back, back with some friends and everything. But like, I, I think we can't overestimate how important, whether she's a silent or not, Sharon was to him for just his own survival down on that planet. I mean, he was down there for like, what, three four months yeah maybe longer it's been a while and i'm like 
that's the kind of sh- that kind of solitude and that kind of situation where you're being fucking hunted down. You're on this expired nuclear planet. Like that's the shit that will drive you mad. Like that that is an awful situation. And I think that kind of desperate bond. For one, you know, and again, this is this is my 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 fucking tinfoil hat is growing out of my scalp as I speak. I go, maybe that's what they knew. They knew he would be desperate and lonely and isolated, and you can start a relationship with a person like that and get in close to them because they're vulnerable. Um, but I think it's still true that he was so vulnerable and so desperate in that time, and Sharon was his only his only friend, his only bond, only connection, and now she's pregnant with his kid, like. It, it hit the feelings he has for her are like so intense. Indeed. He's like that fucking high schooler, fucking you know, glimmery eyed love story thing he's got going on for her. And I think he's pretty much let go of all of his suspicions, um, yep. or at least most of them, but by far more than anyone else. And I think it's only because of everybody else having the respect they have for Hilo that they're they're even letting Sharon move as freely as she is. And also, I mean, like we've said, she has a lot of useful information. They understand that, you know, she can actually help guide. So they kind of need her whether they like her or not. But uh but yeah, like I love the tension that everybody is like they're letting them they're letting this happen, but everybody's keeping a super close eye on it. Mm. Um just for a timeline point of order here, home part two is day sixty five. Okay, from from the initial attack. From the initial attack, correct. Wow, okay. Yep. Very cool. So yeah, he was on fuck, he was on Caprica for at least like 58 days, something like that. Crazy. Man. It's a long time. Crazy. Yeah, I don't remember what episode he actually gets back on the Galactica. Right. Actually, he hasn't yeah, I mean, yet, has he? Technically speaking, no, he hasn't no. been on the Galactica yet. But yeah, he was only on the miniseries, so yeah, he's he gets. You're right; he's probably only on the Galactic for a couple of days before he went. Right? Yeah, it's mm. true. Pretty cool. Sixty-five days. Yeah, sixty-five days. I'm gonna watch Wapner. Um. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's good to know. Sixty-five days. God damn, dude. So a lot has happened. Whew. Yeah, I like it. You know, it's it, there are times. Hilo is a guy I, I love and hate. He's a very complicated character that I I think behaves probably the most realistically at times. Yeah. You know, I I, I, I I like that he's judging her as an individual, but at the same time, I'm also frustrated with his divided loyalties because I want him to be loyal to his compatriots that he's sworn allegiance to. But but at the same time, I also feel like I want him to, I I want him to to not fall prey to collectivism. I want him to judge individual people, or persons, or Cylons in this particular case. So I like it. He's in a complicated position, but I also think he's behaving in a way that makes sense for most normal good people. And I believe Starbucks words are he's one of the good guys. And I think she really right. believes that. And I think Starbuck has a good sense for people. Yeah, no, I agree. But we are reminded that Sharon was a friend too. Right. And that's, oh, this is another one of those Cylon, the nature of Cylon kind of teasing moments where he was like, well, but that wasn't you. You're not that Sharon. You're a different Sharon. She's like, well, yeah, but I remember. I remember. So like it's this interesting separation of like, I know that me, this body was not the same body that was there, mm-hmm. but I have every single memory, every single experience, all the same impressions of these people still like logged away in my yep. brain. She gets into the specifics of that too, doesn't she, in a little bit here, which we'll talk about. But 
Sharon yeah. Hilo talks. She says she feels like she is home, like yeah. she's back in the fleet. Hilo says, you never were. She understands, but finally recalls the memories anyway. She calls the memories potent. It's like I am Sharon Valeri, she says, and this is my family. Weird, huh? And that's when he says, look, it's okay. But, I mean, that is, this is, last week we said we could do a, a podcast on a particular point of dialogue. You could do a whole one on this too. Oh, yeah, man. The idea I mean, of identity and what does it mean? And what is reality and what is not real? Is a memory of something simply the impression left on the experience and how much does that even matter temporally speaking it's wild to think about that stuff oh yeah yeah you know what it does because it makes if me i erase watch, uh, your memory technically right. those experiences are gone and it's like they never they might as well have never happened if they can't inform your future self of something outside of them doing something to you physically like sure if you had your arm chopped off in a serial killer attack, wielding a machete in the streets, and you had no memory of the event, but you're still missing your arm, of course, the effects of that situation linger, regardless of whether or not you recall the experience or not. You are physically re- impacted as a result of this. But say it isn't right. that way, and that's, that's what makes this so wild. We know that that particular flesh, that fleshy exoskeleton that she's walking around in, was <laughs> not, in fact, there. Yeah. But as far as she's concerned, she was there based on the memory. All the memories. Intense, man. It really is. It's, it's, my, it's my favorite aspect of this show to think about. I mean, like, I'm totally puzzled by it, but I love thinking about it. Right. Right. It's, it's just, I mean, this is deep philosophical shit that people grapple with. The idea of, uh, you know, what is and what isn't reality. And what, what is memory? What is identity? What does it even mean? It's cool. It's cool. And with you know science fiction, watch again? you can really dive in. Oh, totally. It, I, it, it makes me so thirsty for a rewatch of The Prestige. I haven't watched that in there years. There you go. Ah, that's another good one. Yep. You probably last watched it for the podcast. I was not on that podcast. Oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> She's how long ago that was. There you go. It's been a minute. So Meyer and Zarek talk conspiratorially about Rosalind and how losing her priest fracked her up. They kind of cut to her looking like a, you know, crazy bag lady right out of Prince of Darkness. <laughs> getting ready to a stab a fucking co-ed scientist kid. <laughs> Is that a news story I missed? Yeah, I guess. Uh, she's alone outside um, without her young prince to protect her kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Zarek stresses it's easier to get blood on your hands than to wash it off. What a great quote. That is such a great quote. Great I'm like, quote. If, if anything Meyer should have listened to, it was that right there. Anyone and anyone, anyone should listen to that quote. Absolutely. Politicians, oh, specifically. <laughs> Fucking serious. But uh, Meyer gets the idea that perhaps they should let the Cylon do it and that they then, the Cylon meets with an accident. So Meyer's going real seat of the pants, sort of Carnival Joe here. We're just going to make a murder conspiracy that the that the Cylon's going to be complicit in because I'm going to convince her. I mean, this is uh, thin Meyer. This is thin stuff out of Meyer. Not right. smart. This is where he's getting a little. He's kind yeah. of losing it a little here. He's getting a little it's desperate like, and, and a little. This is not smart. 
Right. The idea of somehow getting him killed and framing the Cylon for it has potential because you're like, well, okay, well, that would be a person who everybody would believe was capable of murdering somebody in the crew. I'm like, I follow you there. But the idea, like when it cuts to a scene in a few minutes of when he's just like talking to her in the woods, I'm like, dude, that is dumb. Like you fucked up. You're just going to convince her to kill Lee. And I mean, it definitely, it gets her thinking, but like obviously not the way he wanted you know what I think happens here? <laughs> I think Zarek starts to see the writing on the wall with Meyer, and he's like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go tell her. I can't wait for this guy to fucking <laughs> yeah. die. Okay, go do that. Go ahead. Great. Yep. Whew, man, get this monkey off my back. <sighs> Jesus. He's, he probably does. He's probably like, fuck this guy. Go get yourself killed. I don't care anymore. I clearly can't control <laughs> it, and you have some zealotry for me that I don't even have for myself or this cause in this particular moment. So, yeah, go ahead. Seriously. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Fall around in the rain. Totally, go ahead. Yeah, that's going to work out, man. You have no... This guy has no intelligence. He has no briefing. He has no profile. No dossier, as it were. Nothing. Right. No perspective on Cylons whatsoever. What is he thinking? It's silly. Dumb, it's dumb. silly. All he knows, he's just hanging on that idea of, well, everybody will believe the Cylon did it. And you know well, what? You're that's it. Kind of. Yeah, that's it. That's all he's going on. That little crumb. I'm like, that is not enough for a, a successful assassination plot. And for Zarek, he, he just wants to buy himself some time here. He's like, well, look, not until we find the tomb, okay? Let me let me <laughs> right. cook up a way to get you to fall off a cliff. <laughs> Fucking Mr. Trigger happy. Yeah. But, I mean, he does care for Meyer, but Meyer's getting got a little too overzealous. Oh, yeah. Back to Hilo and Starbuck. They talk, um, did I say Starbuck? Hilo and Boomer. Oh, Hilo and uh, uh, Boomer. They yeah. talk farther versus further. That must have made you happy, English major man. <laughs> you know, honestly, I was like, when that scene played out, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> she's right. I forgot. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in a That's long time. That's awesome. I'm like, yeah, she's totally right. I didn't even think about that. It's revealed that Sharon's <laughs> baby-to-be is a girl. That's Dude, huge. Now this, yes. Now, this was a moment where when Hilo is all like, you know? And she's like, I do. And he's like, oh, kind of like smiles all like fucking jock dad. And I'm like, dude, that you should be asking so many questions. Like, well, wait a minute. How do you know? Like, is that a Cylon superpower? Vagina detected on embryo. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I'm not too comfortable with you talking about embryo vaginas. Are you not? No. I'm going to have to one star you. I'm going to have to scrap that other podcast I was going to start. Jesus. Vagina. That's all we talk about. Vagina embryos. It's entirely the topic. That's it. <laughs> do you want to talk about the hot guys in the show real quick to appease certain <laughs> listeners? Or Hilo's <laughs> steamy fucking round shoulders. Can we talk about them? I'll tell you what. Hilo's bodied up. You know, he is bodied up. He's bodied Have up. We he's, seen got him a, he's, a, he's a good looking. No, no. He's he's a big rangy fucking guy. Lee's got a yeah. Lee's got a body on him. Hits the gym. Got arms That's on true. him. He's got a That's body true. on him. He's bodied up. I, but you know, when, I, he stands, I feel like, when he stands amongst Hilo, you just think, boy, this is a different weight class right here. Exactly. Hilo would exactly. Beat the, I, feel like, I think Hilo would beat the brakes off him. <laughs> I agree. And I feel like Hilo is <laughs> much more like your, your, your Chris Hemsworth kind of dude, just like big old, I'm big old hammer carrying guy. Mm, minus the fact that he's not a 10. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, Chris get, Hemsworth a 10? let's get real, bro. Uh, he's up there, bro. He's playing the fucking, he's playing a, I mean, or, Odin's kid. I mean, his... <laughs> Let's let's be real about Hilo. He's a good looking guy, but it's looks, looks like he got hit in the face with a shovel. Well that well, we've begun the tangent. Should we just go down the line and start ranking all the men of PSG? Yeah. You wanna go? Um let's fucking run it. Do you want to run a binary scale? 
Mm, like f- fuck or don't fuck, fuck or don't fuck. Okay. Let's say frack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Keep. I'm gonna frack them all because I'm just a little whore. But let's start <laughs> with Bill Adama. I mean, frack. you kind of come on. Yeah, like just, he's got the on. silver fox. Like just the he's got that whole thing frack. going on. Like just the, that just the command presence. Exactly. How about um, firm but how about tie? Uh, tie. Frack. Come on. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Frack him. Oh, yo, chief, chief. Colonel Ty. Colonel Ty. Holy fuck! I, I like whiskey on the here. breath, I, man. Mushing your face so into to, the pillow. <laughs> I'm so used to thinking of XO and Colonel. I forgot that his name was Ty for a second. Colonel I was like, Ty. Oh, yeah. he, I don't. Mm, you know, if I'm gonna have to pick one to not, if I had to, I'm be not saying, harsh about don't, it. Don't make up rules. Just say yes or no. Would you frack tie? I'd frack tie a little reluctantly, though, right. but I would. I would too, reluctantly. A little bit of whiskey. I think he'd be. I think he'd. I think he would. Uh, I think he would come at you. I'm not saying he's a bad lover. I'm no, no. Saying, I think not, he'd not sure come at type. you with a little something a little unorthodox. I think you'd see. I think. <laughs> I think he'd come at you. A little he's comes, comes at you with the monkey. The monkey martial arts. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ah, drunken warrior. Yeah, folks. you might see a hook coming out of nowhere. You didn't expect. Whoa! Hey, didn't see that coming. <laughs> He definitely puts his fingers in your mouth. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, he puts does. a thumb in the mouth, and you know he <laughs> presses down on you pretty hard. And but you know what? It's you. you there's a there's a there's a time and a place, and I'm going to go ahead and say yes with Colonel Ty. Okay. Yeah. Hilo, I'll take it. Hilo, 100 percent frack. Yeah, yeah you got to frack Hilo because I think you know I think that would be. I mean, he's bodied up. He's a good looking guy. How about bodied up? How about um? How about Apollo? How about Apollo? Yeah, you frack him. Yeah, I'm gonna go hard. No, you got a hard no. Why a hard no? Uh, maybe a hard no is a little much. Look, he's a good-looking guy, good shoulders, good biceps, but um, I don't know. There's something he. There's something about him that annoys me. As far as but, a love, but let me go. guess, you would you would frack Chief though? Yeah. Come on, knuckle dragger. See, that's what I think I'm gonna differ with you. What? I think, I, I, think I, I frack Lee and I don't frack Chief. All right. You're going on pure appearance though. You don't. You don't think Chief Tyrrell in there? He's gonna fucking drag you into the tool shed, <laughs> Chief. You know, see, that's the thing. I have a different impression. If I'm gonna imagine Chief in the in the fucking sheets, I feel like he's a little more timid of the bunch. Actually, you think so? Yeah, I see, think so, like, man. see, they're saying in the chat. I, I think you got to go clinger for clingy, a little clingy. See, I, I think I heart Josh. Yeah, you're yes. right. He's he's the clingy one. That's the thing I don't like about it. Like. As soon as you're done banging Lee, he's like, oh, my God, can I call you? Like, fuck off. I don't want that drama. Oh, oh no, I thought you were talking about Chief still. I think Chief would be the clingy one. Nah. you kidding me? He's the one who can't get over his dead Cylon yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're right. <laughs> you might be wrong about that, but let's keep working through. All right. Uh, Zarek? I said tool shed in the chat. They're saying pool shed. <laughs> Zarek? No frack. You're not fracking Sorry. a revolutionary who blew up a bunch of people in a building? It's pretty hot, but it's no. It's so hot, dude. That's Think of how that's dangerous it'd be. Hot. You'd be like calling all your girlfriends like, you're not going to believe I would just frack tonight. Yeah, oh like, gosh. oh my God, suicide really? Vest on the whole time. <laughs> I'm fracking Zarek. Just so I can say I, I fracked a revolutionary. I fracked Zarek. Yeah. Um, right, who else we who got? Else we got? So you're saying no on Chief, but yes on Lee. So we're flip flopped on that. Flip flopped, yeah. All right. So I'm on. I'm on no on Lee, just for fun, but a yes on the Chief. <laughs> um, who else we got? Who else we got? Yeah. 
Uh, we already did Hilo. Yep. I mean, Crashdown, but he's dead. Can we talk about dead guys? Crashdown. <laughs> yeah, you can you can bang up that guy if you want to. <laughs> yeah, if you're into that <laughs> Thanks, sort of Dad. thing. That's the advice I always needed. Yeah. I don't know who else you really... Oh, how about Gata? Mm-hmm. No. Sorry, Gata. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to... Too, much of, too, too. engineer-like. Too meticulous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, we just alienated half our listeners. No, you know <laughs> what they I'm go. saying. <laughs> you know, it's just like... Smashing that unsubscribe button so hard they're cracking He'd be things. like, oh, but I just washed the sheets or something. You know, he'd be too... He'd think... He'd, he'd be, be like, oh, He I'm wouldn't be able here. to get out of his own head. Exactly. I, so I can't get exactly. into that. Gaius, a hundred percent. Yes, hard, 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 yes. hard, yes. Hard smash, frack the, f- oh my frack god, the frack out of Gaius. Dude, he, I, we would smash each other for days. <laughs> He's a smasher. I'm into it for days. For mm, days, Gaius. Uh, Brian and mm, Gaius. <laughs> So, yeah, I think 100%. he's saying mm, gayus. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, wow. Uh, Recommissioned a Battlestar Galactica podcast. Come for the insights on the Cylon conspiracy. Stay for the which guy would you bang? Baltar all day, son. Yeah, it's true. Get out it of is town. True. And uh, you know what? It's just not as fun to do with the women because I'd frack them all. So there you go. <laughs> That's just mm. an obvious. Yeah. Obvious. President, yes. Starbuck, yes. Six, of course. Are you dumb? Yes. Callie, yes, of course. Yep. I mean, Sharon, Sharon, yes. of course. I mean, you know. Come on. Go down the line. Go down They're the line. All, every yes. one of them. Kaplunk, kaplunk, kaplunk. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, hey, lining them up, knocking them down, just like bottles of the carnival. <laughs> ding, ding, just ding. About to say, firing streams into <laughs> carnival loads. Pling, pling, pling. One star. Hey, one star. Pa-ding. One star. Pa-ding. Hey, they're being real creepy. Pa-ding. Pa-ding. Go. Pa-ding. Uh, it's a good thing That's I care good. so much about my reviews. <laughs> Do you care about your reviews, Matt? Oh, so much. I lose so much sleep. Uh, is there anyone else? Oh, Anders. He's a fuck champ. Look Anders, at him. Yeah, that's a frack. That's a frack. That's a hard frack. That's a good frack. Um, I can't think Dude, of anybody, anybody else right now, but we'll ha- we'll have to revisit this maybe when we add some characters <laughs> next season or something. We add in new beef. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll- <laughs> Battlestar Galactica beefcakes coming in hot. Bonus content. <laughs> that should be something we do like every 10 episodes. Battle- Battlestar Galactica beef report. <laughs> Just like, what beef would you frack this time? <laughs> 100%. And we could even update everybody on if somebody has offended us so badly. We're like, you know what? I now wouldn't frack them. (laughs) (laughs) You've lost frackability. Oh, man. D, der, duh. How about Billy? Oh, Billy. Uh, He's kind of got that Nebraska thing going on. Yeah, he's kind of got that, ah, it's my first time thing. Yeah. For him. It's the who would you frack hour. At the same time. Yeah, I mean, sex is in the show. We're just doing the show that's justice. It's true. It's all sexed yeah. up. I really enjoyed their podcast and their approach. It was wonderful right up until episode home part two, when they just went off on this ridiculous tangent about who they'd frack. I thought I knew these guys. I guess I don't. One star. <laughs> sex is icky and yucky and dumb and creepy. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, Billy, so what are you, you going to do the Nebraska thing? I don't actually have You know to what say, I mean by Nebraska? Like he goes and he does the fucking, he goes to, he goes to church on the Sundays. He goes to grandma's with the cookies and. 
That's kind of true. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm the most undecided on Billy. I'm the most know. undecided on Billy too. Yeah, I can't decide with him. I don't know. He's gonna he's gonna have to do a <laughs> lap dance for me, and then we'll decide. <laughs> I think, you know what I think about Billy? I think he'd put in yeoman's work. You know what I mean? (laughs) Give it it that old college try. Really give it a go. He would. I think he'd put (laughs) in a college try. But that doesn't, listen, it's very- A lot of sweat and enthusiasm. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe some desperation. (laughs) Is this right? (laughs) Yeah, I can't can't deal with it. Negative. Hard no. I can't deal with it. Is this right? (laughs) I want you to really envision- like I really envision a sweaty Billy face looking up at you, asking, "Is this right?" No. And you know what? You know he's work. You know he's. Much. You know he's working with a fucking gunboat. <laughs> you think? Yeah, I think he's got. A, I think he's got a serious gunboat. I think he's got that Nebraska gunboat going on. He's got the old Nebraska gunboat, but he's. I don't know. I don't know if he's the right man. Don't know at the how helm. to drive it? Yeah, exactly. There's there's more hot men with lesser penises that were like, damn, I wish I had that gunboat. <laughs> I'd be fucking ripping. I'd be. I mean, that's a lot of offensive firepower you're working with, kid. Yeah, but I don't know. Is it okay? Yeah, I can't I do Billy. Know. Billy's a hard no. Yeah, not a hard no, but a no for me. A strong yeah. no. I need to see. He needs to come back with a mohawk, maybe a tattoo, <laughs> something. Gotta get something, a, some flavors. Gotta, gotta get spice. that. He's gotta get that farm off him. He'd put in yeoman's work, though. You know, that's true. It'd be one of those where he'd just I plow you that. for so long, you get sore, and you're like, "Eh, are we done? <laughs> Finished up." Yeah, you can come. I'm probably not gonna though. I drink too much wine, so it's fine. You can go. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I had that's all good. the faith in the world in this Battlestar Galactica podcast. Right up until they talked about sore vaginas from sex. I would absolutely frack Billy. How dare they? <laughs> he seems like a good boy that I could take home to mother. <laughs> yeah. Well, shall uh, we get back to the episode? <laughs> we shall. Where are we? What happened? Uh, well, <clears throat> we talked I'm about... So, I'm in such a drunken daze by getting just hammered by Hela. <laughs> <laughs> You're punch drunk from him fucking giving you the pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> we call this the Caprica pile driver. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> fucking batter up. Well, <laughs> uh, uh, too much. Was that too much? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't entertain you because it sure should entertain me. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, no one's listening to this podcast anyway. We got like ten listeners a week. <laughs> I'll fucking cancel it tomorrow. Don't fuck with me, people. But, uh... (laughs) (laughs) And and we continued our conversation at the bar with Dean pointing a gun at all of us. (laughs) (laughs) I just end up... I do the... Don't laugh! (laughs) This ain't reality TV! You know what I do? I just do the fucking teamwork speech from Untouchables as Al Capone. Teamwork. <laughs> fucking walking around with a baseball bat. But um so Hilo uh, and Starbuck talk further versus farther. That's the way you talk to. Then Starbuck tells Rosalind there is a resistance on Caprica. So this is pretty important because this goes back to Caprica's promise to Anders, that beautiful man with right. his perfect jawline. <laughs> I'll be coming back. She says she's coming back. 
Right? That's what she told him. That's what she told him. And she's making it an important thing to tell Rosalind. Our first order of business after we get the map has to be planning a rescue op back to Caprica. And Starbuck right. and, and Rosalind just can't hear it right now. Yeah, I love, honestly, I actually liked Rosalind's response right here. I know Starbuck takes it kind of hard, but like, to Makes Rosalind's sense. credit, this fucking frazzled, tired ass fucking hike in the woods, uh, she's like, I can't think about that right now. <laughs> I need to think about the she main think about objective. She's, she's, she's balls right. deep in scripture. Right. She's like, I have to stay focused on this on this fucking thing that we are headed toward. And that's it. That is my only object right now. I cannot think about future rescue missions. Indeed. That's later. Like to her credit, she's like, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying we can't deal with her right now. Don't want to talk about it. Right. But yeah, oh, but poor Starbucks. She's so fucking crushed when she's like th- hearing that it might not be a priority. Sure. Well, back to Gaius. <clears throat> What's Gaius oh, doing? Getting a guy. scan from Doc Cottle. Well, Six Dude, taunts I, him about being special. Oh, I love Doc her. Doc Coddle, the least coddling man alive. Oh, it's such a good name. Not letting him have it. He's like, fuck you, you squirmy bitch. He's like, I'm going to read x-rays while I smoke. He's the most hardcore <laughs> 50s doctor ever. I know. Fucking guys is all like, why are they all so tainted yellow? Is something wrong with my brain? He's like, nah, that's just the nicotine. <laughs> I like this. but um, oh, he's So he's getting that set up. We go back to Cobol. Uh, Meyer pitches Sharon. Boy, did you really misread the room here, pal? Boy, howdy! I yeah, this whole time, the second I this saw this guy's them like going together, to the Holocaust Museum and doing like his World War II routines. <laughs> hey, buddy, you're not really reading the room here, are you? Huh? Not in the right place, I don't think. Yeah. Ah. Uh. But yeah, no. The second I saw them two alone talking, and him talking about what happened to the, you know, the, the Galactica, Sharon, and everything, I was like, dude, you you have made a bad mistake. If you got to make a play, like, that's the play. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna, I mean, yeah, what else if you're gonna you go gonna this avenue, about? I think that's all you got. If you're right, what else are you gonna say? Bad avenue to pick, though. <laughs> right. What it's What like, in your mind? It's so naive to think he can fool her. It's it's almost like he doesn't think she'll have as powerful of an intellect because she's a machine or something. It's it's just a serious misguided maneuver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's partly him thinking that she'll just be. He's trying to like play on her paranoia too, because everybody's paranoid of her, but she's also probably still a little paranoid of them. Of like they they have said she's going to be executed multiple times. Like they just saying, Oh, maybe we'll throw her out an airlock. Maybe we'll just throw her in the brig river. Maybe somebody will just shoot you right here. Like that is, that keeps happening. And I think he's hoping to play on her own fear of the humans. That she's a sure. of like, well, fuck that probably will just consider me disposable as well. Smart move. And what's interesting. What I like about this is that she does take from what, you know, he, she takes a nugget of what he has said to her of like, it's true. He's right. They they think I'm not a person. They think I am just a thing, and I need to like he is right in that respect. I need to find some way to prove myself. What he doesn't anticipate is how she's going to fucking actually do that. This piggybacks off of what we said earlier about this idea of identity and memory in your past and what it means about you in the present. And that's do you remember shooting him? It wasn't me. Do you remember? And she says no. And dude, by the end of the episode, I think that is a lie. Right here in this moment, when I first saw this scene, I think it's I a believed lie her. 
I believed her when she first said it. By the end of the episode, because of what she fucking said to Adama, oh. I'm like, you are lying. Like, you do remember this shit. You remember Oof. all of it. Oh, Meyer crazy. lets her know that Sharon was murdered, as you said. They're not going to let your child be born. I mean, that's another good way. You, an expectant mother, go after the kid. That's going to provoke emotional response. Right. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, Hilo, I, I like Hilo's reaction when she comes back to him. You know, he's saying, look, I, I won't let something happen to you when, when she comes back over to him. Like, he's still so reluctant to try and be the lone Cylon defender, but he takes it up. Right. Yep. But before that, right? Before that. Before is that Adama is when Adama comes back, though. There we go. Yep. That's well, What do you think of this shot of seen. him just standing there with a rifle and his fatigues? I fucking so kick ass, right? love it, dude. Seeing Commander Adama in fucking fatigues in the forest holding a rifle is so good. It's so he'll just in that face, that steely, <laughs> resolved, craggly ass face. Damn, <laughs> that dude. fucking leather mitt. He should have been like, love it. He should have been like, I could have killed you, Lee. Could have <laughs> killed you. But now he Little brings bitch. him in for a hard hug. He loves his white son. <laughs> <laughs> Is this last Mohican snow? I love my white son. You are true Mexican like me. I love it. Great reunion. A lot of emotion oh, going around. Man. Billy and Roslyn. Adama and Starbuck. Dude. Is she that, the oh. most vulnerable person in his position and in, in his oh, presence? Oh, my God. God, yes. she's good like, at that. I mean, for that moment when he grabs Lee and pulls him in for a hug, that, that was already kind of a choke me up sure. thing right there. But when, when she's just standing there looking like a fucking little eight-year-old girl. Always oh my with God, him. It broke my heart. Oh, it's so good. Because oh, she knew, me, like, in a sense, she betrayed him. Right. He went, she went against him. Yeah. And that oh, just the fact that they, of all people, didn't have to even exchange any words, that he could just bring her in, yep. just give her a hug, and it, that would be enough to understand. We got hug blue okay. balls, though, because uh. he brushes the hair, and well, that's, that's when true. Sharon shows up. And, and um, fucking and Commander Undertaker Adama chokeslams her. <laughs> Dude, after a long, long beat, yeah. where I, I was... She's with I, us, I, Commander. I, <laughs> I know. Oh, that was... Oh, what a feeble-ass line that is. I'm like, Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't gonna do it. Uh, but dude, this this and whole time, new world champion, the Undertaker, finishing move on. Man, the choke slam. That's going. That's choke that's, that's dude. I honestly didn't know whether he was going to attack her or hug her. I didn't know. Yeah, because yeah, of I don't how think you're how to he. Know. Yeah, how he mourned the loss of her and was asking her corpse why and, uh, and weeped over her. I was like, maybe he will actually try to reach out and be maybe somehow happy to see her but not quite <laughs> not yet <laughs> feelings are still a little raw a little raw <clears throat> um so good i love the moment where she relents willing to die yeah man she just lets her hands go i just like that i like i like her saying if this is what you think uh, yeah no and she you ask why ah, so and good. you ask why because that's what he was fucking saying to her corpse. Mm. And she heard it and remembers it. Creepy. That is fucking wild, dude. Wild. Great re- great reveal. Oh, and it. then Lee hugs his Mexican dad's huge head. His head is the size <laughs> of Lee's torso. It just looks funny when he's holding him. 
How big is your hat, Dad? <gasps> it's pretty big, so bro. Big. <laughs> <laughs> pretty big. I got a ton of brains and ideas in here, bro. He's so big. <laughs> Real smart. He is awesome. But um, yeah. Back to Guys and Cardle. Nothing, nothing, and more nothing. Are you sure? Coddle's like, listen, obsess over this on your own time. <laughs> He's like, fuck this guy. Little bitch. Coddle is so hardcore. So hardcore. You fucking hypochondriacs, one on every ship. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Guys is left stunned. But we don't linger on him long. We just see him look down and we cut right back to Rosalind and Adama talking in a great, in a great moment. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So good. He forgives Rosalind, who tells him, I wasn't asking for forgiveness. I mean, that's a big dick move. <laughs> right? It is. He said, well, you can have it anyway. Right. He takes the high road. I appreciate this. I love it, man. Yep. This is what I'm His saying. Whole like, thing, this is he's a- taking the high road the whole time. He's there. Yep. Except for fucking John Cena-ass fucking slamming Boomer. <laughs> but other than that. <laughs> yeah, she shot him in the chest. It's- I mean, yeah, he gets one. He gets one. <laughs> yeah. Like Ty got to punch her. He never did. So <laughs> <laughs> Sharon fair. tells Hilo about the other Sharon's death. Right, because of course now Sharon's asking in cold blood yeah. without a trial. I believe is the exact words, but Chief mm-hmm. Cheryl breaks this up. Oh, there he he's is. great in this the, moment. Sharon? He's, question? Mark. Oh, he's so good, so good. Like he doesn't. He has no he's idea. He's so how stunned. To, I, I. This guy is a great actor. I love him here. Oh, he's great. He's totally great. We he haven't met, no but I remember how to behave. I mean, that's yeah. intense. What does that mean? Oh God. Like I can't, I just the, this is another one of those moments where I, I just can't even imagine like kind of like, like Gaius' position. There are things that happen to Gaius, like him having to see six and be influenced by her and the visions he must see where I'm like, this is so intense. I can't even imagine what it would be like. And in this moment, I feel that way about chief where I'm like the intensity of seeing the person you were once in love with that you've come to realize is a Cylon that tried to murder your, your commander and that was died a in your arms. And that died in your arms is now just there again. Like, oh, yeah, I remember you. I have all her memories, too. How's it going? Like, that is just such a shocking, numbing, like, what the hell do you even say to that? Right. And his, his reaction's perfect. He just kind of, like, he even kind of pulls away from her hug, just like, oh, mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? He's just stunned. He doesn't know how to react. And I like that. I, I, I think his reaction is just so real to me. Absolutely. It's not yeah. disgust. It's not love. It's not fondness. It's utter confusion it's it's an alien mix of emotion in your head because this is something never before experienced absolutely it's wild it's great he's great here well it's good to see you gives him a little kiss that Cylon treachery treachery <laughs> uh Zarek and meyer talk meyer wants blood Zarek does not he says it's over he calls it off right here yeah yeah, he says they they're back together. We're back under the yoke of Commander Dama oh, Ross. The yoke. <laughs> like they're fucking like tyrannical <laughs> dictators whipping peasants. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's one of those times where I'm like, oh fuck you, Zarek, you drama queen. I know. <laughs> the yoke. <laughs> I want to be under I want them to be under my yoke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Rosalind tells Dom about the survivors that Starbuck reported. So I like this. I like that it I like that the president was savvy enough, even though she didn't in that moment, but savvy enough to know that this does matter to Starbuck. And not just that, but logistically, this is smart. If there are right, some, sov- we need more people. We want the people to survive. Right. People are more, fighting every day, fighting for their future, she says. More fucking flashbags. You need them. 
You got to get all yeah. you can get, man. Rosalind considers that maybe Adama's original idea to stay and fight was the right one. Maybe she was wrong, in which case Adama says, listen, I'm not here to navel gaze. We're not here to second guess. We made a decision to leave the colonies. We made it. It was right then. It's right now. Every day from this moment, from then, is a gift. So good, man. Right? So good. For one, it's just, it's him reminding her to have confidence. Correct. Confidence in her decisions of like, yeah, this was a an intensely tough call that is like of gigantic proportion that had to be made very quickly. And you had to just commit to a choice. Like we've talked about this before in other you know shows and everything of like the idea of doing something, doing anything is very often better than nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to make a decision and commit to it sometimes and, and follow it through and that's what they did, and that's what she did. And he's like, you, you, your choice to do this is what kept us alive. Like, I probably would be dead on, on uh, Caprica. My son would be dead. You know, my, my, my ship would be destroyed. Like, mm-hmm. you made a tough call, and it's worked out as hard as things might be. Right. And it's not yeah. easy. When a show puts people in two different sort of philosophical camps, usually you find yourself pretty much agreeing with one over the other. And right. I like that we see in this particular show that they do blur the lines a little. They make it a little more gray. And that we also see that both people have second-guessed their own decisions, who made their decisions originally. And it's not just all principled, 100% accurate. Guide. I followed my principles. I made the right call. It was a tough call, but I made it, period, end of story. I like that we see her kind of second-guessing a little. I like that we see him there. Because he's calling right. off the whole thing. He wants to reinstate her. He wants to bring her home. I like that. It just, it, it's just mature writing. Totally. Yeah. 100% with you. And he compliments her again. You know, a gift from the gods. No, from you for convincing me I should go. That's, that's huge. Absolutely. Sharon's and not. Again, even despite his own, his own personal feelings or belief about the religion, whatever, he's, he's encouraging her on her mission. He's like, all right, it's time to get back to this tomb you're trying to find. Let's do this. We're indeed. here. <clears throat> yep, indeed. Sharon and Hilo continue discussing Callie's punishment, which is only 30 days in the brig. That's, that's unacceptable as far as Sharon's concerned. I'm not a person to them. I'm a thing. And that's when, as you were pointing out earlier, Hilo says, listen, I won't let them just kill you. Right. I believe him. Let them murder you. I totally do too. I think he would die in a firefight over this. Yep. I I do see that about Hilo. Yep. He's committed. He is. And there's something admirable about this. Right. Right. I agree, man. I mean, it's a fucking, like you were saying earlier, it's a tough call. You know, this, this draw away from your, you know, your other like human compatriots you've been with this whole time and worked together. And now you're kind of, pulling away from them over this but it's, it makes I all mean, the sense she, in the world though too because but it does it, you know exactly. it's it, the sharon you know tried to assassinate adama there's there's a lot of earning to do yeah. there's a lot of earning yeah, man. and in this race but, it yeah. seemed to want to commit genocide on yours there you go but are we going to just lump people into categories and not treat them as individuals that's that's there's a danger in this it is true, but then again, we still don't know enough about the nature they of silence to wonder if they are individuals. Indeed. Yeah, yep. I'm like, oh, that's the tricky part here. Because I, I, because trust me, like I am, I'll admit, I'm leaning more and more into fucking Cylon sympathizer camp here. I'm like, I believe her, I think. But this scene, dude, when you know, even of course, the score, the musical score is just absolutely ratcheting it up for you. But when she's like, 
don't ask any questions, just trust me. And mm-hmm. it's like, but what are you? And she silences him. She's like, nope, just trust me. I have to, I That's have a to big do ask. things now. It is. It's a huge ask. This was the moment where I was like, oh God, is she actually a fucking saboteur, fucking infiltrator? Is this all still been a lie? Mm. Uh, it's it funny. you worried. Yeah, it's funny. You know, when you said it, and I know, and I know you're just talking in generalities, but when you say things like, I feel myself more as a Cylon sympathizer. It, this goes back to kind of like Hilo's approach, which is, it's not even that. He's a Sharon, this particular Sharon sympathizer. Totally. And that's where yeah. you get into like, if if we are to assume individual status here, then we have to apply our our law, I guess, to her as an individual. But that's where it's tricky because we don't know if she even fucking is. Exactly. But yeah, the trust me is a huge ask. And I like how he questions her and he's like, what are you talking about, Sharon? In that tone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this doesn't sound great. Well, Meyer and Sharon talk. When we get to the entrance, you take the father, I'll take the son, she says. And Sharon has a fake betrayal here, a gambit to flush out the real traitor. Ah, oh, it's so good. Shoots this Meyer. So I mean, just intense, turns dude. and blows him away. Wastes him. And who is it? Starbuck or a uh, Lee that turns around and pops the other? Lee shoots the other guy in the head, right in the fucking head in the dome. And uh, and Sharon lays it on the line. I need you to know something. I am Sharon, but I am a different Sharon. Now let me just pause right here. Hey, would it be beyond Cylon duplicity to murder some jerk off Patsy to further their agenda? Absolutely not. Absolutely. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I need you to know something. I am Sharon, but I am a different Sharon. I know who I am. I don't have forbidden protocols or hidden programs. Lying in wait to be activated. I make my own choices. I make my own decisions. And I need you to know that this is my choice. What do you think about this statement? Again, dude, this this is like the line from the last episode where she talks about not being wired in. Like, this feeds into my idea about Cylons as individuals that maybe they do at times have hidden programs or protocols that activate them, whether they even realize it or not, or are consciously aware of it. But she's saying here that she doesn't, that she has somehow disconnected from that, turned it off, disabled it. We don't know. But she's claiming that she can be completely disconnected from it, making herself an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's just up to us whether we believe her or not. Right. And it's it's fascinating. And I I lean toward believing her but to be honest what what even in this episode still makes me it it makes it impossible for me to completely believe her is the fact that she has a baby and that six knows about that and that seems that seems to be part of a much larger plan right i'm like you still seem tied into that indeed (sighs) indeed i was just gonna say what what would be your evidence for believing her just just her behavior today but you still have that shred of doubt which totally makes sense to me Right, right. Like her behavior, her genuine seeming love for for Hilo, that's what makes me want to believe her. Um, Sure. That's my evidence. Sure. But uh, you still just don't know. Back to the tomb of Athena, man. Or into the tomb of Athena. Meyer dies. He said, I just want to see you get your due. Obviously, Zarek's sad. He's the only guy forever. Right. And then they just kind of move on. They're like, fuck that guy. Dude, I know the way. Like, dude, we don't. It's even a pretty see abrupt. Do it. uh, like, edit. <laughs> it's pretty abrupt. Like, we just see Zarek standing around outside the temple, like with his thumbs in his pockets. Like, well, all right then. Yeah. While <laughs> Chief Tyrrell yeah. guards him, and Sharon, Guess my friend's dead. <laughs> Guard everyone. While they manage to push the door open, they see all of these icons, and then they note Sagittarion's missing something. 
in which <clears throat> Starbuck pops an arrow in and boom. Awesome. Boy, it is so quick. It's just <laughs> so whips the fucking awesome. door back around. Oh, it's so awesome. But like I, I said, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, you know, Libra, Virgo stuff and and Starbuck, we're, we're standing on it. They're talking about the ancient names, Capricorn, Cap, you know, like, what do you think about all of this connection back to Earth and, in a sense, confirming this show's connection to us? Right. The idea of us being part of a much larger universe and, and colonies of people. That's fucking cool, man. That is fucking awesome. I just, I love the idea. I mean, again, I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff the same way I think you probably are of like ancient, you know, stone looking mm. primitive stuff having this like actually high advanced technical power. Indeed. Like that is so cool. Indeed. The pyramids are a spaceship, bro. <laughs> right. Stargate. We're standing on it. We're standing on Earth. The scriptures say that when the 13th tribe landed on Earth, they looked up into the heavens and saw their 12 brothers. Not one of them is female. Whatever. Stupid show. <laughs> Fuck this show forever. Um, awesome. They wonder what's next. Uh, Lee points out the Lagoon Nebula. They assume they now have a map and a direction. They're pretty confident with this information that they can start plotting the direction the right way. The actual direction of Earth. Oh, man, that's crazy. This might be flimsy from a stellar cartography point of view, but I'll take it. <laughs> because the scene is just so cool when the lights come on and... And, and just, I mean, oh, God. I just love Starbucks' reaction to them standing on Earth. <laughs> it's so good, dude. Yeah. Because we, like, we haven't talked about it in a while, but she is one of the few, like Rosalind, that has this real belief. Indeed. Like, she has been Indeed. religious her whole life. Like, this, the power of this for her has got to be that much higher than everybody else. Sure. Yep. Adama reinstates the president in the final scene. Our strength and only hope as a people is to remain undivided. He talks about the scriptures, the God shall lift those that lift each other and so to lift all of us. Let me present once again, the president of the colonies, Laura Roslin. So before we get to the applause, the, the, the less than stellar applause for the president because of the way I'm sure she was painted by the military. But um, <laughs> I like how Adama talks a little bit about the religion, a little bit about the scripture, but he says some believe. You got to be careful committing your fucking entire command to a theocracy, right? Yeah, a little bit. That's going to cause an uproar. So you have to be careful. And I think he plays it well here. But I really recall watching this and thinking, whoa, where are we going with this, man? You start making a theocracy and, and, and saying this scripture, because now the scripture gets to a point where it has this holiness to it and it starts to override the law of man. And now you're in, you're really getting into some weird territory. So I, I definitely remember my tension watching the scene being on high. Ooh, I kind of felt like Ty. Yeah, there's one moment <laughs> in the beginning where he shoots Adama a look when he's talking scriptures. It's great. It's such a oh, tie. Yeah. Like, what? Look. Like, Are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> You're fucking serious? Come on, Bill. You don't <laughs> believe in this hocus pocus crap. Come on. I've known you for 30 years, Bill. But, um... What do you think of all this stuff? The big claps come in, Adama riles him up. I like that she doesn't even say anything. That's a, a, an interesting cut. I like it. I we don't need to go I speechify agree. heavy. I like that a lot. 
And again, it's funny. I didn't even think about the aspect that you did of as far as like yeah. Bill embracing the religion, you know, the religious aspect of it so much that it's like starting to to blend in a weird way. But I was I was really riding high off of just the fact that like truly they are united again. Sure. And, you know, yep. The government is back together because I mean that that situation from the end of season one to now is just. I mean, completely untenable. Like that—that yep. that would be the destruction of the fleet, not just from people leaving it, but from the the essential resource ships leaving. You know, everybody taking different directions. You know, you can't keep the fucking Galactica fueled if you don't have those ships there, and and the supply lines of them all working together. Like this would be a, the slow death, the death by a thousand fucking departures of other ships. Sure, and. Seeing them unified again to the point where even you know Commander Adama is applauding and riling up the applause for her, I, I thought was such a cool moment. Yeah, I mean, like this, it felt so crucial that we finally get back to this place. Indeed, I love it. Yep, it's good stuff. Big claps. Adama knows how to whoop into a frenzy. He's good. Oh yeah, quietly. <laughs> uh, back to Sharon uh, in the brig. This makeshift brig. Oh yeah. Which now Gaius is seeing her, and he didn't expect it. And that's when the baby born in the cell comes up. Cue the fucking music. In comes six. Their child. I told you a child would arrive. I told you it would be born right in this room. How could you ever doubt me? How could you ever? When was going to be our child? In honor for what she's hardly deserving. What do you think of six saying that about her own kind? It's, dude, that awesome. moment again, right here at the last second, where I'm like, Wait, so maybe Sharon really doesn't even understand her point, her her significance in the Cylon plot, and maybe she really is acting in her mind as an individual, but mm. she's being used by the Cylons and not even knowing it? Like, I fucking don't know, man. That's intense. It, it just threw, uh, throws so many different angles on this. It's intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could, could be many things. But an honor for which she's hardly deserving but one doesn't question God's will. You're not a chip, but Sharon being pregnant does mean that you are more than a manifestation of my subconscious. But I am not crazy, she finishes. And who or what are you exactly? I'm an angel of God sent here to protect you, guide you, and love you. To what end? To the end of the human race. Mic drop. <laughs> Bye. See you next week. Yikes. Really? Has she ever talked about that before? I was trying to remember that so badly. Has she ever talked about the ending of the human race before? Not in such black and white terms. That's true. God, that's so fucking... Ugh, what do you fucking do as guys here, Oof. man? Like, what could you possibly say? Ah. <laughs> It's a tough one. And, I, dude, I'm still further and further more confused by what she wants from Gaius. Like, what Gaius is rolling. Like, why mm. is he so protected by her? Is it truly her individual fondness for him? Or does he play a part, a larger part in this whole thing? I mean, is it his DNA that actually combined with hers that has now somehow been sent over to Boomer's, Sharon's belly? I don't fucking get it. Mm. It's so bizarre. Mm. Indeed, oh sir. Good I do truly hope, you know, obviously no spoilers. I do truly hope that at least 50% of my questions are answered by the end of this fucking series. <laughs> or I'm going to fucking go clinically insane. <laughs> 
Well, I'm not going to say a word. Damn. All right. That'll have to do that. You have to ride it out, kid. But uh, that's the end of the episode. Any final thoughts on Home Part 2, Mr. Anderson? Uh, I I feel mostly tapped, but this was this so was fucking great. Great two-parter. Uh, it's, absolutely. Um, and it's it's just good, like I've already been harping on, like to see everybody put back in a position of, of strength. We talked about that, but it's been a while since we've talked about this. Like there are episodes of this show where we find, you know, the human, you know, basically humanity on its back foot and in other times where it's it's stepping up gaining some leverage. And this is one of those moments where they have shored themselves up a little bit. And I I love that. We needed that. This has been a rough, you know, half of the season for for the Galactica, for all the civilians, for everybody. Everybody on the human side of this whole conflict has been enduring a pretty awful situation. And it finally seems like it's stabilizing a little bit. This like nice united front uh, of Adama and Rosalind is something I was cheering for. It's just a, it's a pure good in my eyes. Yep, it's good. Now we're going to move on to other threats, obviously. 65 oh, <laughs> days in, Commander Adama's party finds and joins with Rosalind's. They find the Tomb of Athena. They gather the data they want. We get some really cool information here, a very awe-inspiring moment in the tomb. And uh, she's reestablished as the lawful president. Very important here, right? Oh, yeah. Endorsed by the military. Endorsed. (laughs) But uh, that's that. That's the episode. It was great. I enjoyed it. I was very happy with it. I believe the next episode is called Final Cut. I'm looking forward to that one. I don't want to say anything. um, But a couple of new slices of beefcake show up on the horizon. Is that what I'm getting to know? There's there's a little beefcake. There's a little little skin going on in that episode that we might admire. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but um so good stuff but yeah back to back weeks so obviously uh next week we'll be off yes and uh. then um we'll be back at it in our normal fashion to every other week but we wanted to we don't want you guys to have to wait two weeks for a two-parter and uh maybe we'll try to do that with two parters in the future a uh, good suggestion by brian was to uh maybe do them as one recording um, and that might be the move if we find a two-parter. I, I sometimes forget that there are two-parters, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a two-parter. But if we get in, one in the future, maybe that's what we do. Maybe we record them in one kind of mega two-hour pod and kind of go from there. But we'll see how we're feeling. I'm down for that. Sometimes I think two episodes in one is a is a better way to get into the meat and potatoes of everything. But who knows? We're open to suggestions. So. Yeah. I guess we're going to say goodbye for now. Thank you guys very much. Uh, Matt, where, where can these guys find you on Twitter? On Twitter, at Matthew from LSG. And I'm uh, at so. Dean underscore LSG, I believe. Something like that. <laughs> I know that we have at LSG Media for um, for the regular show. So if you want to follow that, go to at LSG Media on Twitter. You'll find me and Matt through that. And Jeff, definitely check us out on the web, LibertyStreetGeek.net. That's LibertyStreetGeek.net. And we're going to get out of here. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Take it easy.